What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ben Has Podcast. Currently recording from my basement, which I don't love. I prefer the garage because the basement is like a very compressed small room. So I just don't like the way my voice echoes when I'm talking. And I feel like the sound output isn't as good. I think it sounds much better from the garage. But anyhow, today we've got a good episode. You don't want to miss this episode. MVP and other award predictions. Now, I wanted to do a a playoff prediction first, but the thing is, I I didn't want to wait too long and then have the NBA awards put out before I got a chance to do a video about it. So I tried to find on the internet when the MVP and other awards are going to be announced, and, and they just didn't have an answer for me. It says that TNT is going to reveal the awards during their live coverage of the playoffs. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? What, at what point during the playoffs? The first round? The finals? What, like what? That just, I, I don't know why they can't give me a straight answer. So out of precaution, I really want to do this episode. So just in case, I am going to be doing it right now. It could be very early. But here we go. Now, for some reason that I disagree with, this year they seem to be doing a different structure Now, I'm not sure. This might be the same structure, but I don't remember this. They have nominations for each award, like this is the Oscars or something. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. The people that are voting should get to choose whoever they want. I think that there's a lot of different choices for a lot of these awards. Why why are they doing choices like this? It it doesn't make sense to me. Um, So for for these awards, I'm I'm not listening to the choices. these are who I think should win the awards, not the panel of sports writers and broadcasters who are probably a bunch of bums. So these are my awards. I'm not listening to the nominations. I'll maybe touch on some of the nominations because I think some of these are really stupid. But yeah, I'll get into it. So first off, we're going to start with the MVP. Um, and before I can get into the MVP, I have to give a little background on what the MVP award is. Because, you know, it sounds self-explanatory, but a lot of people misinterpret or have a different interpretation of what being the most valuable player really is. You know, some people will tell you the most valuable player is the best player on the best team. And that is the player that should win MVP. Some people will say, no, the MVP is the person with the best stats. You know, Russell Westbrook, had a triple-double on his average, therefore he should win the MVP. And that's happened already once. Some people say no, it's, it's more of a mix of the two. It's just the person that's played the best. You know, it's just open for interpretation like that, um, which, which is tough to think about. Like, how, how do you measure best? So I'm gonna share my interpretation of it, and I think this is very good. A lot of people, you know, the, the question is, do we factor in injuries or not? How much? So the problem, I think, with how people choose their MVP is that everybody is doing it on a different scale, on a different basis. You know, MVP means something different to all these people. So there's no universal definition of the MVP, even though it sounds very self-explanatory. It's not. So I'm going to tell you what I think of, what the MVP is to me. All right. To me, the way that you determine the MVP is if you were to do a draft all right, after the season has completed, if you were to go back in time to the beginning of the season 
and do a draft. You could draft any player from the past season onto your team. Not a fantasy team, a real NBA team. All right, you could pick any player to start with on your team. Who would you pick? All right, doesn't need to be the best player on the best team, doesn't need to be the best player with the best stats. It's whoever you would pick, you know? Whoever you think would be the ideal choice for your team. If you could pick any player, who would you start your team with? That to me is the most valuable player. That player of all players has the most value to you. And their performance, you know their performance is gonna be exactly the same as the way they performed this year. So if they were injured for 30 games, you draft them as your most valuable player, knowing that they will be out for 30 games. You have to factor that in. All right, so let's get into it. So I'm gonna go over the nominations, even though I think it's a stupid concept. I see Joel Embiid is up there. I see Steph Curry is up there. They both missed a lot of games. The other nominee is Nikola Jokic. So if you were to pick Curry or Embiid over Jokic, you're, you're saying that Embiid has been so much better than Jokic this season that you're willing to take him on your team even though he's going to miss a certain amount of games for you. To me, that's ridiculous. Embiid shouldn't be on this list because he's missed a lot of games with injury. Stephen Curry shouldn't be on this list for an entirely different reason. Again, this is why the nominations are so stupid. I, I don't understand why Stephen Curry, he, he just has no reason to be on this list whatsoever. The Warriors currently are not even in the playoffs. I think there's a good chance the Warriors lose to the Grizzlies and fall out of the playoffs completely. I love Steph Curry. I, I think he's a great player, but with respect to him, he doesn't deserve to be on the list this year. I mean, he missed time with an injury. His team was not good. He had a decent supporting cast. He had Wiseman, he had Oubre, he had Wiggins. I mean, I'm not saying Julius Randle should be an MVP, but I think Julius Randle should definitely be higher than Curry. Tell me, what, what has Curry done that Julius Randle hasn't? Julius Randle has taken, and this is not Nick's bias, this is facts. Julius Randle has taken a much less talented team on paper. All right, the supporting cast of Julius Randle on paper is a lot worse than the supporting cast of Stephen Curry. And Julius Randle has taken this team to the fourth seed in the East. Steph Curry has taken them to a play-in game. All right, so neither of them should be a nominee, but if I had to rank them, I'd put Randle over Curry. Now, to get into it, um, I would pick Jokic for this award. I think that he's been the best player. Um, this season, he's been the most valuable. If I had to pick someone for my team, I would pick Jokic. I think that the second choice should be Giannis. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand why people are disrespecting Giannis. The Bucks had a great year, and it's because of him. Um, I, I don't know why he's not there. Embiid, in my opinion, was good, but he, again, he missed a lot of games. I think Giannis should be there. Next up, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, the nominations are Rudy Gobert, Draymond, and Ben Simmons. Uh, Draymond, I don't see why he's up there. He missed some time. To me, he's overrated. He's not, a, he's not an elite defender. He's a good defender. Um, I think if Frank had the minutes, you could put Frank as a nominee. He's a great defender. But I think that Nerlens Noel should be up here. He defended amazing all year. The Knicks are the fourth seed in the East, and we have the best defense all year. I don't, I don't think that the way you should evaluate it is best defender on best defensive team. If, if that's how you evaluate it, then obviously it's Nerlens Noel, but it's not. 
I think Rudy Gobert should win it with Nerlens Noel as a close second. It's ridiculous that he's not one of these nominees because he's been a great defender. But again, I mean, whoever's making these nominees are just casual NBA fans, you could tell. Nerlens Noel should be number two, but Rudy Gobert has just, he's been the best defender. You know, you got to give it to Rudy Gobert. That's it. Next, NBA sixth man. Um, now, th- this just makes no sense. This, this makes zero sense. All right, I don't, under, I don't think the NBA understands what a sixth man is. There can't be multiple sixth mans on the same team. There's one sixth man on each team. But for some reason, the nominations for sixth man have Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. What? They're both on the same team. I, I, I don't understand. Um, I mean, this clearly isn't a mistake. The NBA tweeted it, but that's just... That's just not how sixth man works. There's not, it's not sixth and seventh man. I mean, who, who's the sixth man on the Utah Jazz? Is it Clarkson or is it Ingles? I don't know. The other nominee is Derrick Rose. So for that reason, I'm going to say Derrick Rose. You can't have two sixth mans on one team. Derrick Rose is in. He should be starting over Alfred Payton, but he's been the sixth man. He's the best of any of these players. I'd take Derrick Rose. End of story. Next, Kia NBA Rookie of the Year. Um... For me, it's quickly. It's quickly. He's not even one of the nominations, but he's the clear choice. Not even a biased choice. Lamelo, Edwards, and Halliburton. I mean, there's problems with each of these. First off, Lamelo, guy was injured half the year. Doesn't deserve it. He does not deserve it. He was injured half the year. If he was healthy, he would be it for sure, but he's been injured. Anthony Edwards, um, he's just not a good player. He might be a good player someday, but the fact is he wasn't a good player this year. He was highly inefficient. He had good stats on paper, but his efficiency was terrible. He did not contribute to winning. Why does he deserve NBA Rookie of the Year? He contributed negative to winning. He's on a terrible team. And part of the reason the team was terrible was because Anthony Edwards was playing 35 minutes a night. Next, Tyrese Halliburton. Same story. He was good, but he's on a terrible team. The Sacramento Kings were terrible. Um, He didn't contribute to winning. He probably contributed in a negative way. And... He's one of the reasons. They were playing a rookie named Tyrese Halliburton in 35 minutes a night. Now, on the contrary, Emmanuel Quickly was one of the reasons the Knicks were the fourth seed in the East this year. He was, a, he was on a supporting cast that really carried or helped carry this team. He was a great force off the bench. He always brought energy. He brings an intelligence to the game. He's a great free throw shooter. He can hit threes, hit a lot of clutch shots. He's really the only rookie in my mind that contributed to a team this year. So, therefore... He's the rookie of the year. He contributed. Anthony Edwards just didn't contribute. He was bad. He was bad. Maybe if the award was called rookie that played this year that has the most potential for the future, these would be the three candidates. But the rookie of the year, the rookie that was most valuable this year, Emmanuel Quickly. Nothing more to say. Next, NBA most improved player and NBA coach of the year. I mean, these two, you shouldn't even have to talk about it. NBA Most Improved Player, it's Julius Randle, no question. Michael Porter Jr., I mean, he's just a bum. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I mean, yeah, he improved, but I put Christian Wood here, um, although he, he was injured for a fair share, for a fair bit of time. Julius Randle is by far, you know, the, the easy choice. I've, I've talked a lot about Julius Randle, it's always the same thing, so I don't want to just repeat it, but uh, you're, you're smoking something if you don't think Julius Randle is the most improved player. And then last but not least, NBA Coach of the Year. 
Again, it's, it's clearly Tom Thibodeau. Um, Quinn Snyder and Monty Williams are the other nominations. Again, if you don't think the coach of the year is Tom Thibodeau, you're a casual and you're smoking something. The Knicks were projected to be the 30th best team in the NBA this year. If you're a casual NBA fan, you need to understand how crazy it is. They finished as a top 8 NBA team, yet everybody projected them as a top 30, top 29 team. Yes, part of it was Julius Randle, part of it was that our players stepped up. But we were the best defensive team in the NBA this year. Nobody could have predicted that. All right, why? Because they look at our roster and they don't see defensive talent, and it's true. The defensive talent isn't apparent from the roster. The defensive talent is the product of a great defensive system. And the mastermind of that system is Tom Thibodeau, who should be the coach of the year, 100%. Monty Williams, I mean, I'm sure he's a decent coach, but I mean, you could put my five-year-old cousin in the coach's chair of a Suns team with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, McCall Bridges, Jay Crowder. You put a five-year-old in the coach's chair of that lineup, they're still making the playoffs. That's just a great team. You take a seven-year-old and you put them in the coach's chair of the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, that team is still going to the playoffs, all right? On the contrary, you put anybody but Tom Thibodeau in the coaching chair of the Knicks, and that team is crashing and burning, all right? Maybe not, maybe not crashing and burning, but they're definitely not a four-seed in the East. So please, if you think Tom Thibodeau is not the coach of the year, uh, you should just stop watching the NBA. Watch golf or something. It's on right now. By the way, never, 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 ever catch me playing golf. Um, it's the worst sport ever. It's the worst sport ever. I, I can't... I, I turned on golf for a second because it was on ESPN. I was just curious how people watch this crap. Um, I, I think golf is extremely boring to play, having never played it. Um, it just looks boring. It looks hot. It uh, doesn't look anything fun about it, but I can't even imagine watching it. It's even more boring. You're just watching people... Well, you know, you, you could describe any sport in a boring way, but I don't know. There's nothing interesting about it. And the announcers, don't even get me started. I mean, um, it's, it's no Ron, Gary, and Keith, let me tell you that. They sound, they sound dead. I mean, they sound half asleep when they're talking. Just a snooze fest. I was snoozing after 10 seconds of watching it. Anyways, I went on a bit, a bit, a bit of a tangent. Uh, but that's it. Kept it to 15 minutes, which I was, I was surprised about. Um, but... We, we sped up at the end, so yeah, it's amazing. There were four Knicks. Four of the six awards went to Knicks uh, players or coaches, which just speaks to how, how good of a team we were this year. And, and again, I, I really don't think this is a biased episode. All of these, in my opinion, are the clear-cut choices. Just to sum it up, for MVP, we got Jokic. Uh, for sixth man of the year. Oh, wait, what was the next? Oh, all right. Let me start again. For MVP, we got Jokic. For Defense Player of the Year, we got Rudy Gobert with Nerlens Noel a close second. For Sixth Man of the Year, we got Derrick Rose. For Rookie of the Year, we got Quickly. For Most Improved, we got Randall. And for Coach of the Year, we have Tom Thibodeau. That is it. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes. We are doing a lot for NBA playoffs with some guest stars in the future. So tune in for those. Thank you for listening. Peace out.